Well, it's good to be in the midst of wonderful people like you. Uh, let's share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Your word says in Hebrews 4.12 that your word is living and powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow. And is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so this morning, God Almighty, use me as your mouthpiece. I pray that your word, God, will locate somebody in the place that, Lord, every challenge in relation to fear, you will meet that need. It is my prayer that everyone that comes into this place, O oh God, will live with victory, will live and come back with a praise report, with a turnaround, because you are a faithful God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of God today on the 12th of March. It's exciting. Um, we continue our series, Do Not Be Afraid. And uh, last week, Pastor Mark um, shared from Joshua, encouraging us uh, not to be afraid based on the story of Joshua, where God said to uh, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because Joshua, as a leader, uh, God knew that Joshua was faced with a, um, a mammoth task. And so God was encouraging him not to be afraid. Um, today I'm going to take a cue from Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10, which is the scriptural premise for what we're using for our Do Not Be Afraid uh, series. And so the word says in Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's quite interesting that um, when Isaiah wrote um, this uh, portion of uh, scripture, it was in reference to the nation of Israel who were faced with some difficult time. And God was encouraging the nation of Israel, first reminding them they should not fear, telling them that I'm with you, that in spite of um, the uh, saber rattling of the kings around them who were to take their land or would take them into exile, they were not to fear because God's promises uh, to us and in him are yes and amen. And so God was encouraging uh, faith uh, through what Isaiah um, had, had, was saying. Um, this is for us to remember that in the same way, you and I might be facing challenges in the times where we live in. Um, on a daily basis, we have to fight and we have to deal uh, with the presence of fear or uh, potentially anything that would trigger fear. And so we can look into the scripture, as Isaiah is saying, and draw some strength. And so today I'm going to be um, encouraging us from the word of God um, what it means not to be afraid when God says that I will strengthen uh, and help you. We deal with all kinds of fear. Uh, there is a fear of failure. There's a fear of uh, trying again. One of the most challenging things is when you, do, you try to do something and back on a project or you start something that it doesn't work. Getting, the, getting into that paradigm shift of starting again, it can be difficult. And that is why I'm so inspired by the story of uh, Abraham Lincoln, how many times he tried uh, to become the president of the United States. You might have your own story. But today I come to tell you, uh, in the name of God and in his word, that it doesn't matter how many times you tried, God is with you and with him, you will overcome and the story will be complete. 
there is a fear of a negative report. I said that in the first service. I remember there was a time I did not look forward to seeing the postman because I didn't know what letter was coming through. In fact, I was, I was scared to open my letters. I was scared to read my emails. But that was a difficult time, and God Almighty saw my family and I through. There's a fear of losing a job. And in my experience, I've had to go through redundancy twice. The most recent one, I, was, I think it was, um, I remember it was before uh, COVID. I worked in the aviation industry, and my, my role was uh, to settle disputes between passengers and, and airlines. And, of course, around that time, the aviation industry was grounded. And so there was no work. And I remember uh, we had a, a meeting with our boss. And it took the whole day because they'll call us into his office one by one, and they'll let you know whether you, you're going to lose your job or, or not. It started from 9 a.m. in the morning. I remember it finished about 4 p.m. because they, they had to deal with the, 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 all of us, all the staff. It was not an easy experience because I was thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of my family? That spirit of fear was knocking on my door. There's a fear of a broken relationship, fear of war, rumors of war. There's fear of the unknown. One of the most challenging things you can deal with uh, is when we are faced with uncertainty. What's going to happen tomorrow? And then there's the fear of, of rejection. But the list is endless. It doesn't matter how endless the list is. God's word has the power to deal with each and every level of fear you and I are going through or facing. I like what uh, Zig Ziglar said. He put it this way. He said, fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. He said, we have two choices. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. I think I prefer the latter. I am reminded of the story of David faced with Goliath. Goliath intimidating David. But David knew he had a God that had the power to defeat that giant that he was faced with. Maybe you're faced with a, a, a financial giant. You're faced with a, a giant in relationship, a giant in terms of uh, um, your job, anything, any aspect of your life, I've come to encourage you that the same God that is able to defeat or was able to defeat the giant of David, that same God will help you overcome that fear. I like the way Joyce Meyer put it. She said, she wrote a book entitled Do It Afraid, Embracing Courage in the Face of Fear. I do remember uh, as a student, when um, I was to do a presentation in human resource management based on uh, organizational behavior, I put together my presentation. I was ready for the day. They called me forward to make a case for what I'd prepared for. I stepped into the room. People that I didn't know were looking at me. I remember my heartbeat was louder than what I was saying. <laughs> I went back to the student's house of residence and I took a retrospective look of what had happened and I said to myself, what was all that about? It was a harsh experience for me in terms of dealing with fear. Somebody once said, and I like it, 
He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the mastery of it, which means that day in and day out, you and I will deal with fear. But how we handle it is the determining factor of how it ends well for us. I want to share with you today a story from the Bible based on Matthew chapter 8 from verse 23 to 34. This is the story of the disciples getting into the boat. Bible says that, and I'm reading the Amplified Version, is that when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea, so that the boat was being covered by the waves, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are going to die. He said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was at once a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peacefulness. The men wondered in amazement, saying, what kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, I find this intriguing because... In Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 and 8, verse 28, Jesus talks about going to the other side. And maybe you're here, you're thinking of how to get to the other side based on where you are in your present circumstances. Or maybe you began the year, you had a plan, you look forward to um, the year, but come maybe the first month, couple of months into the year, a violent storm arose. Something that you didn't envisage. I want to encourage you from the word of God. Jesus did something. He went to sleep, meaning that he knew what was going to happen. He he, he was not taken by surprise. And so I pick a few things from here. Number one, the storm you are going through will not and cannot destroy you. Isaiah 49 verse 16. God says that I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands and your walls are continually before me. This is so encouraging. Whatever hurdle you faced, God says that it's continually before me. I'm thinking of you. I know the plans that I have for you. Plants not to bring you into harm. Plants of good. Number two, Jesus is in the storm with you. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. He said in Isaiah 41 verse, he said, I am with you. Don't fear. That is very reassuring to know that God is with us. And I know sometimes it feels like he's not there. Sometimes it feels like, why isn't God answering my prayer or answering our prayers? But he's there because he's working it out for our good. I learned something today for a few weeks ago from a coach. Um, I think the name is Don Staley. She, they were asking, you know, trying to find out what the principles they use in winning games. And one of the principles she said is, what is delayed, it's not denied. And I thought something of that really resonated with me. So maybe you're here, 
and you're thinking, when is it going to change? When are things going to turn around? God has everything according to his plan. He's never late. He's never ahead. Everything will fall in line with his plan for your life. I also learned from the scriptures we read in Matthew 8, 23 to 34. Jesus knows it will end well for you. That's why he went to sleep. Because he knew a storm would arise. He wasn't taken by surprise. And so Jesus is in the storm with you. Jesus knows it will end well for you. Because, which takes me to the next point. That Jesus will be glorified in your story. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says that, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time is nothing to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. And so what you're going through, what we're going through right now, the fear we're having to deal with now, the end of it is that the story will be so glorious and the name of Jesus will be glorified. About a decade ago, our family went to a, a very turbulent time. My mom passed away. And at the same time, my brother was dealing with drug addiction. He used to live here in the east end of London. And things, you know, had gone, spiraled out of control. So my parents said, you know, why don't you come back home, help dad with a, a mom with a family business. But of course, things got worse because... Um, <laughs> This addiction had been going on for a long time. Eventually, it got so bad that he ended up in prison. And so I'd flown to Ghana to see my dad. I remember walking through the doors and the silence in the house was so deafening because my mom was the linchpin of the family. I missed that moment when I walked through the door. Every time I went to Ghana, I would hear say, my son, my son. But there was... That voice was missing. I remember giving my dad a hug, and I knew we had to go through this. We were dealing with, we were deeply troubled, dealing with all kinds of fear. What's going to happen to dad? What's going to happen to my brother? We were really, really struggling with fear. But God came through. While my brother was in prison, he had a gospel being preached based on Mark chapter 11 where Jesus sent the disciples to go and untie the colt. And when he heard the word, he said, Jesus, that, that colt is me. Untie me from this place so that I will serve you. And so he gave his life to Jesus. And then miraculously, he went for an appeal. He stood before the judge. And when he shared his story, the judge said to him, you don't deserve to be here. This is the beauty of the story. I was going through my January this year, and I looked at the date that I had written in my journal, and I noticed that around the time when my brother, 10 years to the time when my brother had called me and said to me, my brother, I am leading prayer this week. Can you stand with me? It was 10 years to the time when he called, to the week when he called and said, Kwame, I'm no longer a prisoner. God had turned his life around. 
And today, by the grace of God, that fear is out of the way. By the grace of God, he's a pastor now. He serves God fully. He's, he's a married man. He has a son. He's become a role model. And God is using him because of what he went through to be helping people that are on drug addiction. And that's become bigger and bigger. And that is what God can do. God turned our captivity around. God silenced that fear. Well, for my dad, I speak to him every week. He's going from strength to strength. What am I saying? When Jesus is with you, there's no need to fear. I like the way David put it in Psalm 40. From verse 1 to 3, it says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit of tumult and destruction. Out of the miry clay, he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my footsteps and establishing my path. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear with great reverence and will trust God confidently in the Lord. David was making reference to a difficult moment, a time where it was synonymous to being in a horrible pit, in a place of loneliness, a place where he felt trapped, fear had trapped him. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel you're, you're stepping on a miry clay. Things are unstable. But that's what the word of God says today. David said, God brought me out of the horrible pit. And that's my prayer for you, that God will bring you out of any horrible pit of fear. That God will establish your feet. He will set your feet upon the rock. In other words, God will give you stability. No longer would you have to deal with the vacillating vicissitudes of life. Every time today, here, fear there, God will bring stability to your life. And so, as David said, he said, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see it and will trust confidently in the Lord. And as I was preparing for this, the scripture Isaiah 40 came to mind. Isaiah 40 from verse 27 to 31. And I'm going to read a message version. He said, why would you ever complain, O Jacob? Or why in Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He is creator of all. You can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired. doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to drop out. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread out their wings and soar like eagles. And I like this because I looked at the word eagles in that scripture. And I picked up two characteristics of the eagle. One, the eagle has vision. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want to encourage somebody today. 
that as we wait on God, what does it mean to wait on God? To focus on God, be expectant, to have hope in God. And that comes from the original Hebrew word tikva, which means cord or hope or expectation. And as I shared in the first service, what came to mind is just like the baby is connected to the mother in the a womb via the umbilical cord, we have an attachment to God. And God will never leave us nor forsake us. He protects us. He preserves us. No matter the weapons of fear, the enemy will shoot at us. God will keep us. And so the eagle has vision. And so when we wait on God, it's my prayer that God will give us a glimpse of the future that will encourage us, that will give us strength to keep going, to know that all is not doom and gloom. There is a future for us. Because that's what the Bible says. For the path of the just is like uh, the shining sun. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So it means that your future will be glorious. Number two, the eagles are fearless. The eagle, fearless and never surrenders to the size or strength of his prey. And I like what the Bible says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so I talked about waiting on God. What do you do when you're waiting on God? It's important that we revisit the faithfulness of God. First Samuel 17, verse 37. David said, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Maybe you're faced with something, you're thinking, how am I going to get through it? But the word of God says, David said, the same God. So it's important for us to revisit what God has done. Like I did, I went back to the journal and I looked at what God had done. And it encouraged me that God is able to do it again. It's also equally important for us to shut the door. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3, Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. And then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. This woman was faced with a very difficult time. But the prophet gave, him, uh, gave her the instruction, shut the door. It's important that we should shut the door to negativity, to anything that triggers fear. We must make a choice. As I was saying in the first service, I love current affairs. I love to know what's going on around the world. But sometimes it's important to say, enough is enough. Because this is causing so much fear. So it's important that we shut the door to fear. It's also important that when we're waiting on God, we lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because when we come to him, we cast our burdens onto him. He cares for us. And finally, amplify God's word through his promises. His promises to us in him are yes and amen. With this phone that I have here, I can play music on it and pitch it to the highest volume. But when they start singing in this place, the power of the speakers will drown out the noise coming from my phone. What am I saying? When you hear the voice of God, uh, the voice of the enemy, amplify God's voice louder and drown what the enemy is saying. I know that God is not done with us yet because according to his plan, He will do a new thing in our lives. So if you are here today 
and you connected with the word that I've shared with you. Why don't you get into a, a moment of prayer? You can close your eyes, you can lift your hand, you can, whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm going to pray over you, and the guys will, will sing over you after that. And after the service, if you want to be prayed for, there will be people to my left and to my right. You can walk up to any of us and we'll pray with you. So I'm going to pray with you now. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody walked into this place of God dealing with fear like we all do. But you have assured us in Isaiah 59 that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift a standard. Father, that standard is your word and your word has been lifted. Glorify your name, O God. Release somebody, God, from the grip of fear and give them, Lord, a new story. In Jesus' name, amen.